Welcome back to Unbandaged, the number one podcast in America, according to us, our listeners. Now, we're blowing up. We're on social media, Gavi. Let me tell you where we're at. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And to find us on the social media, you have to go Unbandaged Pod. So... We want to talk about, we have just a full list of things here to go over today, and uh, we're going to start out a little on my side. I just came back from Brazil. My son and my daughter, daughter-in-law had a little baby girl, and I flew there Monday and came back yesterday. And my perception of Brazil, Sao Paulo, Brazil, which is a city of 20 million people, larger than New York City, my perception of Brazil was very different than reality. When, for 12 years, my son has been married and they've come to the United States and we live an unbelievable life and we're taking them all around to great restaurants and nice houses and doing all kinds of fun things. And I'm kind of feeling, kind of feeling bad for my daughter-in-law. Like, I'm thinking Brazil's like the move of the in-laws where in the hotel lobby, the chickens are running through the lobby. But it was so different. It was such an incredible country. And it was so sophisticated. And everybody was in uniforms everywhere you went. The streets were immaculate. And I realized America is getting lapped here. We're spending all this money on our military and all these different things. And you go to a country like Brazil where... Everywhere you go is face recognition to get into a restaurant, to go through the airport, to do anything. The technology is unbelievable. The airport in San Paulo, I was in Terminal 3. You can literally put the JFK airport in Terminal wow. 3. And there's probably eight terminals in this airport. And as you go through the airport, there's a stores, Gucci, Chanel, every fancy store. I was overwhelmed by what's going on in this country and how nice it is. And it was very, very inexpensive. You go out to dinner, a five-star dinner, and it's literally $50 a person. You don't tip, and everybody's nice. You don't tip, and everybody's nice. And everything's included, tip included. And I'm coming back on the plane, and I'm thinking about this podcast. And I'm saying to myself, you know what? I love America, but we're just, everybody's fighting over all this stuff, this woke movement and, and all the right stuff and all the left stuff. And you just don't know how America, it, it just seems like everything's getting wider and wider. Well, you know, I think, I think it's important that we, we, we need to spend money on the military because we're in such a dangerous uh, position in the world right now that this is not the time to cut back on it because we are, we're like with what's going on in China and, and Russia and Ukraine and all the other and Iran and Israel and all the other stuff. But we need the other countries to step up and pay their fair share. I mean, it's it's like... Ukraine and the Russia war is one next to their countries. I mean, they have more to lose than the United States right now. So they have to start 
doing what they they promised, which is 2% of their GDP. And if, if they don't want to pay it, the United States should have to say, then we're not paying it. Well, they're, you know, obviously what I saw in Brazil, they're spending their money on their country. And, and by the way, so Hong Kong, if you go into Hong Kong and you want to take a subway that goes underneath the river and out the other side from, uh, from Central into Kowloon, you can. If you want to be in Japan and you want to take a bullet train rather than a, than a jet somewhere, they have a bullet train that can take you uh, the equivalent from Boston to New York in, uh, in an hour. But... They spend money on their own countries and their own uh, improvements. And our country, we st- we're the ones that are close to a third world country. We should be spending all this money every time something goes on in, you know, in, in Russia and Ukraine war. It's, it's, it's billions of dollars, billions that are going there. We just came off of the war in, Af- in Afghanistan. I mean, it was Trump that basically there was no wars during him, but these these endless wars, these endless wars, you don't realize it's one year goes into five years, goes into 10 years. And the next thing you know, Chicago has been a shithole for the last 15 years. So Unbelievable. I, look, I didn't go to the outskirts of San Paulo. I was in the city, but I would I likened it to New York City and there's people walking around. You don't see a cigarette butt. You don't see cans on the street. You don't see homeless on the street. Everybody's in a uniform. It's just unbelievable. And in, and in America right now, we're so troubled. I, I love America, and, and America's our home, but we're so troubled. You have Mike Lindell, the, the my pillow guy, that is selling half of his factories and equipment now because... He's too conservative, and they're putting him out of business. Bed, Bath, and Beyond, and Walmart, and everybody's not buying from him. Then on the other side, you have Bud Light that's going out of business, or their sales are down 30% because they're way too far on the left. Then you have Disney, where the parks are half empty. It's, it's like if you own a business today, how do you make a right decision? It seems like it's just so difficult. Every, no matter what you do, you're just getting broken down by the, by the crowds. It, it, is, it is more difficult to try. you got to try to keep your business where keep it out of the politics, which is hard today because everything's politics. Uh, as far as uh, Mike Lindell goes with uh, my polo, he's lucky of one thing. Generally, most Americans are stupid. So he can take a polo. He can, <laughs> he can take a polo. And uh, when things are going a little rough for him and he gets thrown out of Bed Bath & Beyond and some of the big box stores, he decides that he's going to have a half-off sale. And then when he sells this polo at 50% off, and then he brings it down to 60% off, and then 70% off, and then 90% off, what he does is he then takes like a uh, four-month break, and then he introduces my polo 2.0. It's really the same polo, and he brings it back up to 100%. And these people that were happy with their polo are now saying, how much better this new? It's the same polo. But Americans, a lot of them are stupid. So now he's making more money. Right. The pill is supposed to be cooler when you put your head down on it. You know, so you imagine this pill or this pillow feels a little cooler than pillow 1.0, pillow point. Well, listen, a car, you could say you got a 6.0 engine, you got power windows, you got power locks. This guy takes a pillow and says, don't you like it better? I mean, it's ridiculous, but I, I agree. Politics came into play. But I would like to ask you a little bit about uh, when you were in Brazil. Give me the comparison of like... Uh, the living as if you were, say you were making $250,000 a year as a salary. How do you live there compared to, say, uh, the United States? You live like a king. I mean, if you own a $250,000 apartment in Sao Paulo, Brazil, 
it would be like a $5 million apartment here. Now, they don't have fancy cars. Nobody has fancy cars because the road systems and the traffic is just crazy, and there's motorcycles everywhere. I mean, I couldn't physically drive in Brazil. It's, it's absolutely insane. But everything, like, like my son and his wife delivered in a hospital. The hospital was the nicest hospital I've ever seen in my life. It was all marble. It's all free. Everything's free. And... Um, in in their particular hospital room, they had a living room and a single bedroom. That that was their hospital room. I mean, I've been in the hospital here in Boca Raton, which is a very nice hospital. My father's been there a number of times. He's still alive at 93. And, you know, there's two people in a room, and the beds are six feet apart. I mean, in Brazil, it's like marble and polished. And But the point is, to go to the from the hospital to the hotel is a 15, 20-minute cab ride. It's $3. And you're not allowed to tip. If you give them $5, they give you two back. And you say, no, keep the two bucks. And they're like, no. Take well, the- they have like a, a dictator there. So maybe maybe there's like the happy medium. We're one side and they're another. Maybe there's a happy medium on to, to Like if it- you steal, you they cut your hands off kind of thing, right? Or yeah, if, I if mean, you rape somebody, they cut your penis <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, we have, uh, like we have like in New York, the other day there was a guy that a photographer was behind a guy in New York City he's walking by Times Square and the guy has a, a knife that's ready to stab someone and a photographer is taking a picture of him with the knife as the guy puts his hand on the guy in front of him's shoulder and all of a sudden the police come and they arrest him and today he's out on cash bail and it's like if you look is at it, no ca- it's cash bail or no cash no bail? cash bail oh, I'm no sorry. cash no, no cash, cash bail. bail so you're looking at this guy and you're saying what are they waiting for are they waiting for him to actually go through with it so it's like we're a little on the we're a little on the other side but you know going back with what you said with uh, you know my polo guy and and all these different companies I mean. Look at, uh, if you want to bring up uh, Bud Light right now, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little familiar with Costco. I just uh, read a thing. I didn't know that there's like all these different uh, signs that they give out if you shop at Costco. I didn't know like if there's an asterisk next to a product, it's called the Costco Death Star. And that means it's a product that they are discontinuing. And they're not going to have it, like, after it goes down as, mo- as low as they can mark it down, it means you'll never see it at Costco again. And do you know what product just got the Death Star? What? Bud Light. <laughs> Bud Light got a Death Star at, at Costco. I mean, these are people that buy the big, huge things, and they go outside. So when you see Costco, like, saying, waving the white flag— that's it. It's over. Bud Light's done. I told you. Funeral. I'm letting you know. It's right. done. You we're, wait. We're, we're this is the first step. It's only July. They got all right. summer. And it's all the summer barbecues. You'd think Bud Light would be flying off of the shelf. Yeah. I mean, you know, Disney's having a tough time with the movies. They're losing out on all these movies. It's They got to... Uh, you got to keep politics... Uh, right. And our show, we've discussed it. You know, we want to talk about politics, but... You know, we're trying to talk about some other things, and it just seems like every other subject you talk about, it comes right back to politics, and it's kind of crazy. But the point I'm also trying to bring out, I'm on this trip, and I guess everybody has a computer, and your computer you have your passwords in. So when I log on, I still have AOL. I'm a dinosaur. You know, when I log on my AOL in the morning... 
it, my computer automatically gets me on there. I don't know my password. I set it up six years ago. So here I am in, in South America, you know, I can't get on my AOL. Now I want to wa watch Netflix. I don't know my password. I can't watch Netflix. That happens to me also. I mean, that happens I mean, to this me. whole password protected world makes is so screwed up. It's like I feel like I'm walking in mud. I can't get out of my own way. Every My American Airlines frequent flyer miles. I didn't know my password. And by the way, my kids change it all the time. because they. And then you, when you try to get in and you get that, you tried three times. Right. They lock you out. <laughs> they lock you out. Then you're just sitting there now you're locked out like you're locked out and now you're in the penalty box because you have to go on hold for 45 hours you know waiting for you know somebody in some foreign country that you can't understand they give the, you three guesses you right, gotta they, like you get nervous as you get to the third guess you're like oh come on let it be a good one here like oh my aol sign in after i got locked out it, it prompts you to this other thing and and they say well what was the last sign in word that you had well i don't even know my sign in word today let alone my Last sign be word. Because we're at the we're like at the cusp. Our age, it's either the technology. It's like sometimes we have a good day and we get it, and sometimes we're on the other end of right. the technology. Like I was at that Phillies Marlins game this past week. Do I owe you ten bucks? I said less than five thousand. No, people. it was more because they gave out bobbleheads that day. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wait, so, then it's not a bet. You know, it's it's not, it's a no bet because they gave out free bobbleheads. <laughs> so uh, you know, as soon as I came in, they gave me a Marlins bobblehead. So as soon as I saw uh, a little boy that was a Marlins fan, I made his day because they only give out oh, one God, to a fan. So I gave him my. Guy, but as we're sitting there, and I'm sitting in these seats, and I'm like behind the Phillies dugout. I see food is being delivered to the people in their seats. And I said to my wife, uh, I said... Oh, by the way, for our over 50,000 listeners, Gavi is very recently married to a beautiful lady. So go ahead, Gavi. Okay, so, and she's, she's 10 years younger than me. So, um, and... As we're trying to order this food, there's a, what do they call it? That little gift that, like, it's, right. is that what it's called? I mean... You stare at this thing. By the way, if I was back in my days going to Grateful Dead concerts and that little symbol was in front of me, right. I could have stared at it for two and a half. <laughs> I could have stared at it for two and a half hours. I would have been like, wow, just give me a little gift. I would have looked at it like it's a microcosm of the world, that little gift. But now you, you, like, you put your thing and now you can order your food. So... I'm like getting a little. You're excited because you're ordering your food at your seat. It, at my seat, it's coming down. I see it looks easy. Everybody's getting their food, and so it's expensive at the moment. It's, it's, it's expensive, but all of a sudden, I put my thing in, and it says, "Oh, I have to log in to their thing." So now I log in. It's now asking me to create a password. <laughs> it's like I just want to order food. You're two innings in. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to log in. So all of a sudden, then I can't remember a password. So now I have to say to my wife, "Why don't you try?" So. She tries, and of course she gets through. She orders a couple of hot dogs, a beer for herself. I get a soda, and uh, and all of a sudden it's asked for a tip. So you talk about difference of Brazil and everything. We're now tipping. You know, I don't mind tipping someone that's bringing the food down. Don't get me wrong. You know, I I have a ten dollar tip for the guy that's bringing down the hot dogs and stuff. And then all of a sudden she puts it in, and my phone like beeps. You know, like. Eight minutes later and says the food's ready. I can pick it up at... And you think they're delivering it to you. Yeah, but I... You can, laid out 10 buck tip and they'll deliver. And it says pick it up behind like <laughs> uh, section 242, the hot diggity dog place or whatever. Right. And I said to Wendy, what happened? 
And she says, well, I pushed it, but we must. she must have pushed the wrong button, and we're on pickup, not delivery. Oh, so no, now no, I got to no. get up, walk halfway around the stadium, pay pay them the tip to pick up my food to come back to the stadium. And I said, you know, we just missed it. We're so close for perfecting it. But by the next game, I think I'll be able to do it. But that's where I'm on the other side. Like, I came close to getting the food, but it, I didn't. It just seems like when you have things like that, those applications, if you make a mistake, I think intentionally they don't let you go back and correct your mistake. You're stuck. You made the mistake. You can buy well, it again. Well, it's funny that you said that because as soon as we walked into the stadium, you know, uh, my wife wanted a beer and they have these express beer things where all it is is a refrigerator and you grab a beer and you can, they scan it and you can leave. So there was two employees at the stadium. She grabs the beer and there's like, I didn't know, it looks like this thing. And I put my bobblehead on it before I gave it to a, a child that I had. Right. And all of a sudden they charged me $42 for this one beer. And I go, What's this? I didn't know it, but my bobblehead weighed like <laughs> And so now to give me my credit back, they didn't know how. So now they had to wait for like a manager. Two innings. Yeah, to, to come back. It was like two innings there, two innings to get the food. You know, by the time I got to the seats, the Phillies were down 5 nothing. you know. Right. Was, but, you know, it's... Uh, so that's the problem. You know, we're both over 60, and we're living in a society. I mean, these kids, they, they push their phone. They use two fingers. Do you use two fingers to, to text? I use one finger. Me too. I use one too. I, so and all these applications and all these passwords, it's like I'm at the supermarket here, and I go into the less 10 items or less line. Okay. So now what's what, it says there 10 items or less. So I'm saying to myself, this is great. There's one woman in front of me. She has about 12 items. And I'm like, eh, you know, maybe I should call her out on this. But okay, I'll let her go through with her 12 items. You know, and I'm thinking maybe she thinks because she has three of the same frozen dinners, that counts as one item. You know, I'm not going to argue with her. And then she must be a regular at the supermarket. And she starts, how's your kids to the cashier? Sally, how's your kids? How's your husband? And they're talking for like five uh, minutes in the express you know, line. Sometimes you can get behind someone where they have, you know, buy one, get one free. Yeah. So then they come with their 10 items, but it's really 20. <laughs> but they're only paying for 10, but you're still behind someone for 20 items. Oh, my God. So anyway, that's our, you know, little shtick on, you know, what's happening on the world. So we, we, we have to talk a little politics. I mean, we know our president, Joe Biden you know, just went overseas for the NATO conference. Now, he's not flying there like I flew to Brazil on a commercial plane with 400 people in it. He's flying on Air Force One. Air Force One, I guess, I've never been on it. has a bed, has waitresses and stewardesses and whatever. And he gets to NATO... What happens the first night? <laughs> I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard to make it up, you know. And I know it's one-sided, and everybody's always can defend him. Sort of like I was told, like if you say anything negative, it's like a bruise that you would hurt him. But like, he's in NATO. It's the biggest. The first dinner. The first dinner. The world. The the first dinner with thirty-five of these world leaders. It's the time when everything really happens behind the scenes because the cameras on on, and you can make your deals. And our president decides he's calling a lid, which is a lid is like, you know, that's it. And he goes to sleep. He goes to sleep because he's exhausted. And he flew there on Air Force One. And two days earlier, we saw him on the beach in Delaware. 
We saw him right. like he had a tough time moving that aluminum <laughs> chair around that weighs all of like, you know, half a pound. But he was exhausted. How do you send a leader over there that like can't go to the dinner? All right, so this is the issue, and we've been talking about it. Could you do that in business if you send someone to represent you, and all of a sudden he tells you that he didn't go to the dinner? Yeah, he was exhausted. But this is the issue. Is he too old to run again? And here he goes to the biggest thing of the year. It's the Super Bowl of politics. It's the NATO conference. Every leader of the world is there. And the guy can't show up. He's sleeping. He's exhausted because he didn't get enough sleep on Air Force One. And, you know, Megyn Kelly's of the world who have podcasts, obviously not as popular as ours. Ours is bigger than Megyn Kelly. I think we have more listeners. In fact, I am now carrying the Sharpie pen around with me everywhere I go in case I have to sign an autograph, Gavi. You know, I just, you know, with this (laughs) actor strike that's taking place, I just want you to know. Go ahead. They might want us. To go on TV for filling. I mean, because this is a great opportunity for us. With no TV, no actors, you know, this is our time. But tell me about the dinner. so Megan Megan Kelly and all these podcast pundits are now saying they're they're on this Nikki Haley bandwagon. You're not voting for Joe Biden. You're voting for Kamala Harris. How do you say Kamala Harris? True. You're voting for Kamala Harris. This guy has two years left in this term. He's going to run again. And... You know, most people are going to go in there if they're Democrats. They're just going to pull the Democratic lever or the Republican lever. They're, you know, they don't even care that it's Joe Biden. And he's going to have four more years, and he, he's not possibly going to make it. So you're going to have Kamala Harris as president. And Megyn Kelly, I've never seen her this way. She just stone out said this Kamala Harris is an idiot. I thought she was the attorney general of San Francisco. She had to be a smart lady, and she's a moron. I'm like sitting there, and I'm, I can't believe she's calling this woman out like that. You know, if Saturday Night Live could do a skit, I think a great skit would be the dinner that Joe Biden wasn't at. And you get these actors to play these world leaders that were there. And, like, when you think they would turn around, what do you think they're thinking about Joe Biden? What do you think they were saying, like, Where is the guy? Where's Joe? Is he tired? (laughs) Like, what's the what's the deal? Like behind his back, you know, people are like talking. Like, what do you think? Do you think like he has to go to the bathroom? Does he have a cramp? Does he have this? I mean, like you have to know what happened to the guy. Yeah, but why can't they give him two or three Red Bulls and just send them out there? I mean, come on, Joe. You don't even have to talk. Just go sit there. I mean, like, you know, it's it's great, but you know they're talking behind his back. So what do you think they're thinking? Do you think they're thinking, can the United States, they, they must be thinking, how did this guy win between him, Fetterman, Dianne Feinstein? I mean, what's the, uh, Kamala Harris, the United States, we're like, we're a sieve of a country. It's a shame. And when I was over there in Brazil, and I thought it was a third world country before I got there, I mean, I called you from the airport. I am in this most magnificent airport. And I said to you, we're losing. We're getting crushed here. These people are killing us. They are just absolutely wiping the floor with us. It's beyond gorgeous. Everybody's in a uniform. Everybody's nice. And nobody's getting tipped. You know, here in America, if you don't tip somebody, they don't even talk to you. I, I, think, I think Joe Biden, the reason why he wasn't at this dinner is I think he got a phone call that said, Joe, I need you to go back to the hotel room, and I need you to talk to Hunter. 
he's he's craving for a little coke. So talk him down. And I think, you know, if you notice, Hunter's with him 24-7, except for this NATO trip. Maybe Joe should have done a little coke. Yeah, so uh, he has to be there. If you notice, he's with him by his side because that's his number one priority right now because, you know, he doesn't want him to relapse because if he tests, if he tests positive, he goes to jail. Right. And right now, you know, the Secret Service, after this investigation, basically says... You know, we give up. We don't. We can't find it. We can't uh, find it. I think they were thinking for somebody to like come to the White House and say, "I lost a little packet. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody find yeah, it?" Yeah. And they thought they were going to get help that way. But all right. So let's give a little. Let's give a little background. So, cocaine was found in the White House. Now, it moved four different places. It started out in a locker, and then it moved next to the Situation Room, and then it moved here, and it moved there. All right, so it's moved all around. Now you have this cocaine. Now, we did a show about three weeks ago. It was about, you know, from my front row seat at Mar Largo. Now, there's cameras every four inches. I mean, every four inches. How is it possible in the White House, next to the Situation Room, there's not 400 cameras that are identifying whose cocaine that is? It's impossible. But how do they, like, how do they downplay it by making, like, it's no big deal? Now, listen, in reality, if you're at a nightclub or you're somewhere, coke really isn't that big of a deal, a little packet. But in the White House, when everybody had to evacuate because they thought it was anthrax and they had to have the hazmat team there, it is a big deal. And then, you know, you then you hear a little later on that there's this, two other times they found weed. They found some pot at the White House. So this is the third time they found drugs. So then you think, okay, so it's a little bit of weed. What's the big deal? But then I found out that the weed that they're talking about, what they consider under a misdemeanor, is just under two ounces. That's a lot of weed. <laughs> two ounces. How many I'm, joints is that? That's like, that's like 100 joints. I'm thinking 200. Two, I went to University of Miami. I should know this. I, two, I Z's, two Z's. Two Z's. Two Z's <laughs> is a lot. I'm, like, I'm thinking, okay, they found a little joint on the guy that came in there. But two Z's is like, that guy's dealing. That's de a lot. That's dealing. That's and if, like you're, dealing. if you're rolling Cheech and Chong joints, I mean, you know, that's the, you know. But, but two Z's, it's like, here, let me put it in the cubby. <laughs> I got the key. Comes back, and I fill it up for you. That's a dealer that's coming into the White House. It's supplying people. I mean, two Z's is a dealer. That's what's going on in this White House. But. I mean, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. You got to be pissed off. I mean, somebody brought cocaine into the White House, an illegal substance, and the Secret Service, with 400 cameras every two inches, can't tell you who did it. It's just that well, you, I, I just don't know how they think we're that dumb that we're going to believe that story. They're laughing. They're laughing at the Republican Party because— in reality, let me ask you, if it was Donald Jr. or Eric, tell them. They'd be in Rikers <laughs> Island right now, yeah. I mean, They'd be in Rikers well, Island. Do you think they would just say, I'm satisfied? I'm satisfied with the investigation. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's just unbelievable that they don't at least say, I, I imagine me, he has this plea deal, plea deal July 26th. I would imagine... Prior to them agreeing to any plea deal, they're going to call some mobile lab into the courthouse and make them, you know, piss into a cup and test them. I, I mean, 
I just don't understand why. Like, if I'm running the Secret Service, I would say, okay, here's the log. Here's the 500 people that came in for those three days. I don't care who they are, what they are. It could be Joe Biden. I want everybody to do a hair file or a urine test. I want to know who's testing positive for, for, for cocaine. Not only to know whose cocaine is it, why are they working in the White House if they're high on cocaine? I mean, you know, it's our federal well, dollars at work here. Well, let me ask you this question. If the judge, when it comes time for judgment day, and she doesn't accept the plea, but she's entitled to, right. she, you know, she has a plenty of ammunition not to, how do you think the Democratic Party reacts to Hunter Biden, her, her not accepting the plea that she wants to investigate further between the – do you think they go crazy like he got an unfair treatment? Do you think that they're going to take the side that he was treated unfairly because of that? Or maybe the whole country could sit there and say, hey, this judge is, did the right thing because I think this judge moving forward in her career – it's crazy. You know, she's in a position that her career, she'll always be known as the judge that either stopped it or she let it go through. And I think she has to, like, call him out on it. Well, I think what she does is, you know, in order to protect herself, she makes him take a drug test or, or puts obstacles in his way that he has to go through before he gets this um, plea deal. I mean, and make it pay for, pay for, uh, pay for TV. Could you imagine that being right. on TV, the drug test? That would yeah, be great. It would be amazing. <laughs> and, you know, now we have um, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. After we saw his glistening pecs there and uh, doing push-ups, and he's the strongest um, presidential candidate at the moment, he has now admitted to doing steroids or some sort of growth. Uh, age, uh, you know, something for his age— uh, Right. Now, did that affect his voice? or is He did. He went on TV and he explained to uh, about his voice that something uh, happened that, it, that is the way it is. He says he even has a tough time listening to himself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he really did, and which is what I said all along. So I think he had to address that situation because it really is hard. But at least when he explained it to you, it's easier to overcome when you see a disability that it was something that he's like— I guess he was aware of it. I would be kind of stupid right. that he's not aware of it. But but he, he talked about it, and, uh, you know, he has he has some good, uh, valid points. I mean, he all he has to he's do is— You know what? As long as he stays the course, and if Joe slips up, I think I think Robert F. K., I think he's looking at—I think he's looking at the bench, and he's sitting there saying, you know, if I can get this guy out of here, they got nobody. Well, I think he's at 20% now. You know, he, yeah, but they he, have no, but they have no one. They would just have to scramble. They were gonna. What are they gonna do? Put Newsom back in there? I mean, he's like, they're like coming up. They just tried. He has to try to stop a law right now. That do you know? Child trafficking in California wasn't a uh, wasn't like a felony. He had to finally put it back on the books because they took it off. How can how can child human trafficking not be a felony in the state of California? And yet he wants to run for president. I mean, how's it, you know, you know, look, he's not exposed right now. If he, if he's an actual candidate, all these issues, you know. Well, if, if Joe Biden has to drop out, Robert, Pete, Pete. What's his, Robert, Robert, What's his name? What's his name? Piss Pot Pete. Piss Pot Pete. Pot Pete. Pot Pete. Pot Pete. I mean, Robert F. Kennedy becomes the front runner. He becomes the front runner That's because Newsom's not going to win with the California. So it could be Robert F. Kennedy or Joe Manchin. Now, what do you think about Robert F. Kennedy's theory that, this, that the CIA and everybody killed his father and his uncle? 
I mean, you know, that's kind of like out there. Well, you know, know, uh, you know it, like UFO kind of conversation. But you know, you used to think that, but now you think with the CIA. Oh, that's true. And with this CIA true. and everything, you start thinking about this Russian collusion thing and the Trump thing. You start thinking the CIA. I think they're the ones. They're the ones who chooses who's Easy, the. Easy, Gavi. They they're could the be ones who choose. They're the ones who choose who the president is. Yeah, I truly believe the last president, the last three presidential elections, like it didn't seem like like anything went at the last minute. You wake, you go to sleep at one time, you wake up, you have a different president. It's like I almost feel like somebody else is controlling who is the president of the United States. Well, it's interesting because you know all these gigantic democratic cities are doing you know amazing things to destroy their their city. I mean, Philadelphia right now, they're doing this new toilet thing. <laughs> yeah, why don't you tell us about that? Because it's, it's just mind-blowing. I, I, I can't even get it out of my mouth without laughing. Well, you know, like every major city, you know, they wanted this one toilet. It's like a one-seat toilet that you can go into. Like on any random major street, they have a... Yeah, but they, they decide to put four in the city. And if you go to any major city, you know, you always have one nice area of the city where the business district, shopping district is. And then you got the three outlining areas that are like... Yeah, like bullets are flying overhead in Philadelphia. And they decide they're going to put this toilet there. First of all... First of all, I don't know, it's like a million-dollar toilet. But... Who's cleaning the toilet to keep it set? First of all, it's just waiting for a crime to happen. Right, a rape in a toilet box. So, So I think it's like this circle. I think, like, the lawyers... Like, they go out, and they want a campaign to have a toilet. They lobby for it. They lobby for a toilet. Right, $500,000 each porta potty. Right, and then they wait... For something to happen, <laughs> like a rain, and, mug- and then they sue. <laughs> it's like the money comes back to them, like in a way, someone trips, someone gets mugged. Something is nothing good can happen. And by by the way, it's it's ninety three degrees up in these northern cities right, right now. Who's going in a porta potty with a newspaper, right? Yeah. And then I heard that the water isn't really water. It's like when you're washing your hands, it's like toilet water. <laughs> And they have people, they have people going in there drinking, drinking like from, they're drinking like they're thinking they're getting free water, but they're really, they're drinking toilet water. Oh my God. Yeah, but I mean, who, what do they do? Sit around at city council and think of things like this? Oh, we're going to put. What was the last public toilet that they had in Philadelphia? Never? No, they always used to have them at the parks, you know, where the city ball fields, you know, where the kids play like teeny field. How did that work out? Well, you know, they were always like a big, giant, wide open space. You know, it was like in a concrete building where, you know, no matter how much you missed the urinal, you weren't going to break break the drywall. It was a concrete wall. And, you know, it was in, always in the city park. So you always found your way to a city park. But it's just another stupid idea to waste 500000 Don't you think that is a great area for the drug dealers to sell drugs? I mean, there's no cameras. It's hidden. You go in there, you leave the, the pack, bathroom. The, the bathroom. bathroom. You leave a packet on the sink. Right. The next guy comes in, puts the packet in his pocket, and the transaction's done. You're, you're a problem solver. Guy. I mean, why, why deal right in the middle of the street? Go into the bathroom. That will be his office. Right. The office is, is controlled by the drug dealer. And when he stands outside and you see a guy that looks like he's, like, pretty scary, are you using that bathroom anyway? No. We now have drug Drug dealer outpost, so you know where it's at. But we touched on the subject. I want to go back to it, this this actor strike. You know, you have Fran Drescher, 
who was the nanny, the TV show The Nanny. And I'm like, how is she qualified, you know, to be head of the union for, you know, the actors and the actresses and whatever? And I don't quite understand. No one wanted the job, I guess. <laughs> what are they arguing over? I mean, you know, obviously the guys at the top are making millions of dollars. And then, but I'm sure plenty of people you know, that are starving in Hollywood would die for work for no money to be in any TV show or any movie. Now, you know, what are they fighting over? I don't get it. Money. They're fighting over money. They're uh, they're fighting over with AI coming out, like likeness and everything. Oh, I can I, see with the AI. So, so they're, they're duplicate... You know, a scene without the actor or actress, right? And uh, but they're but also for the writers and stuff like that. But but they're, the studios are giving big money, and Disney and Bob Eager basically said, "Hey, they're on the wrong." They think the actors and the writers are on the wrong side, and uh, and I happen to think that they're going to get taught a lesson here of what's going on in the real world, and. Because we're going to become more gigantic than we are. Yeah, you're just you're going to have our podcast. They're going to put our competitor like Joe Rogan up on uh, up right. on TV, and you're going to be watching our with a nice TV, and you're right. going to watch his show. But I also think throw a sporting event on. You know, all they have to do is here's another baseball game, UFC, Dana White. Yeah. No one cares. They'll see a cage match and all of a sudden. midgets fight. Right. You know, you so you'll watch that. Then you'll watch real rea- reality shows. The Housewives of uh, Boca Raton will right. be coming Let's up. Or how about the husbands of Boca Raton? Yeah, so these actors, they're, they're bucking up the wrong tree on where it's going. Plus, you can get, you can get actors in other countries and you just watch a show like Netflix. So you watch a bunch of other actors in, uh, in Brazil doing a show, a documentary, whatever. So I wonder if they thought this out because, you know, the last writer's strike, I forget how many years ago it was, but they didn't have podcasts. They didn't have streaming. They didn't have all these other things. Now, all of a sudden, you have all these other things. I agree with you. Maybe they're making a bad move here. Maybe they're, maybe they're you know, over-leveraging what, what they have. They're going to screw it up. They're going to find out what it's like to be on the wrong side in the woke movement. And then all of a sudden, someone's going to blink. And, and the actors are going to finally say to the writers, hey, I got, I got mansions <laughs> that I got to pay. I got, I got people I got to pay. I, I, I try to stay out as long as I can. It was about two weeks, and then I have to go back. But eventually, these actors, they don't want—you know what? They don't want to work at Disney World. They don't want to dress up as Mickey Mouse or Cinderella it's or Pluto. Out there yeah, right I mean, they don't want to be a mascot anymore. They're like, they're in their, they don't want to go down to working in an amusement park. So they're going to eventually, they're going to like fold like a tent. And everybody's going to sit there and say, I'm sorry, you know? Yeah, so um, all these great TV shows that you wait you know, to the next season to see what happens on Blue Bloods or see what... I mean, nobody... In September, you're not going to be able to do any of this. You're not going to, you know, have any... Or or you get to see other states. What's going to be very, like, again, not to go like it's politics again, but, you know, California is a very Democratic blue state. Well, all of a sudden, there's going to be another state that's going to come along, and it's going to be, like, maybe Florida, and say, hey, we're going to move a studio here. We're going to open up a studio here. It's a, uh, it's really a non-union uh, uh, state. Joe Biden's going to have to, like, uh, won't be able to go on his stuff because he's pro-union. And what happens if all of a sudden actors started to, like, make movies here? And writers started to write here, and they're saying, you know what? We're happy with the salary here and no state, uh, no state tax. Just make the stuff in Florida. Yeah, just think about that. If they, if they 
whatever they're asking for, the additional money in California, the taxes, versus, versus coming to Florida where you have no state taxes, I mean, you know, that would be a 9 or a 10%. Go to Texas. Go to Texas. That's like a 10% increase in their pay. Yeah. You, you can go places. You're a problem solver, Gavi. Just move it. In that, <laughs> and there Eventually, you move it and you say, here you go. And then what will Joe do? Fran dresser out, Gavi in. Yeah. The homeless are moving up. And by the way, what's going on in California with all the homeless that are sitting there? Did you see the guy that went to, like, uh, a store and bought one of those blow-up swimming pools? So now he has a pool for the neighborhood. <laughs> so all the homeless people are now swimming to get out of the heat. They're swimming in one of these plastic pools. Where do they get the water from? <laughs> I mean, where's the water come from? Uh, it's, like, pretty funny. But well, like, when, I was, when I was driving to the airport out of the city of San Paulo and you drive to the airport an hour and a half away and you are going through some slums, and, the, you know, it's a bit of a tent city, and I'm at a traffic light, and there's this, you know, woman with her tent, and her front of her tent is open, and I could see in her tent, and she had a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm saying, that's pretty unbelievable. She she's, maybe was going out to dinner that night. She's homeless, and she has a mirror. She's concerned, you know, enough that she found a mirror somewhere, and she wants it in her uh, homeless tent. Anyway, I mean, we're bucking up at the end of this uh, show. By the way, today, you know, just they finally got this Long Island killer, you know, that came out today. And uh, the guy's a 59-year-old guy. He's a He's architect, family guy. And then Billy Baldwin comes out with his tweet. He went to high school with the guy. That was his classmate. Oh my so God. Uh, all the Baldwins were like classmates with this guy, and uh, you know I didn't I didn't realize it. It was like 13 years they've been tracking this guy, and uh, and you and you think about the forensics and everything they had to do to find this guy, but they can't find the nickel bag of cocaine. They got this guy off. Uh, by the way, they got this guy off of us. DNA was on a uh, a pizza crust. You a know? pizza crust, and they can't find the nickel bag in you know next to the situation room. Where, by the way, they're planning to protect America with every weapon we have. You know, it's the most secure place in the world. It's more secure than the White House. It's the Situation Room, and they can't find a nickel bag. But if you watch the news tonight on NBC, CBS, or ABC, you know what the, one of the top stories is going to be? January 6th, Donald Trump, something that they did, he did something wrong that they're going to come yeah. up with. Yeah. But it's, uh, they, uh, by the way, they investigated Jared Kushner. That's, uh, you know, like, he, yeah. he, he, he is he going to tell them something that they don't already know after, like, right. three years? Right. Well, I mean, you had an excellent point, and I guess we're coming to the end, and and we'll end with that. Um, It just seems that every investigation or every question that they get, they say, well, it's under investigation. We can't talk about it. You know, it's five years. It's under investigation. We can't talk Uh, about it. I mean, that is the go-to line. It's It's unbelievable. They don't have to talk. One day there's going White to be House counsel's hand one day hand. there's going to be a five year the five year olds of today. One day when we're all dead, they're going to say we found who the coke belonged to, and they're going to be like they don't even know. They're going to find out. They're going to give you a name that the guy's already been dead for thirty years. Well, I think it's a bad example for our kids because our kids are learning how to lie. It's under investigation, <laughs> Dad. I don't know. We're checking into it. Uh, I, uh, yeah, that's all. You, that's all you have to do. And by the way, you get to see a bunch of stuff like yesterday. Um, as it turns out, in Napa Valley, they had these horrible fires uh, this past this past summer, and. 
they had all these workers that are now suing Nancy and Paul Pelosi for $300 million because when the fires came, there was a landfill that was owned by the Pelosi because they have a vineyard. Right. And there was a lot of toxins that when it burned down. So the, the, the Pelosi's gave them a surgical mask and said, go clean it up. And they got sick. So now you get to see, again, the hypocrisy, again, that these workers, they just send them up there. And, yeah, I mean, it's like... Um, but anyway, so... And, and by the way, the other hypocrisy, just to let you know, it's like John Curry. He sits in front of the people. That was great. Tell, tell our 50,000-plus listeners John Curry sitting there. He's our guy for, like, about... He's John in charge. Curry, Secretary of Environmental, whatever. Energy, to make sure that the global warming, to make sure everything's good. And there's they go up to John Curry and they say... Well, you know, you fly privately all the time, and, you know, that has a lot of a uh, carbon footprint that you're doing. And it, so tell me about your uh, plane. He goes, I do not own a private plane. I do not. I don't know why you keep saying I he have a private plane. He says this. No, to Congress. Oh, I, do I don't own a private plane. Right. And, he, I don't, and you have to stop saying that because I don't own one. I never did. And then the guy says, does your wife? And he goes, yes, <laughs> yes. So his wife is Heinz, her last, ma- her as in ketchup, as in ketchup, and she was uh, married to a Republican, John Heinz. And yes, she has a plane that they took forty-eight times last year. So it's sort of like going up to a guy that says, "By the way, I only drive an electric car, but my uh, but my spouse has a Hummer, right. and I use that all the Four time." Gallons so I mean, miles, yeah. just it's the hypocrisy again. This guy is telling you you can't have a gas stove, but I'm going to fly on my wife's jet. Not mine, yeah, my wife's nice. jet. Anyway, Gavi, this show went way too fast. I mean, you know, we are so popular now. I think maybe we should try and get two hours. Now, where can they work. find us again? Okay, that is a great question. They can find us on Bandaged Pod on Instagram. We are now doing TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Those are our social media. And they can find us on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get your podcasts. How'd I do? You did great. All right. All right, everybody. We're down here in Boca Raton. It is a cool 96 degrees today. (laughs) No, it's 91, (laughs) and it's great. We're used to a little heat down here. So, and we'll it's good to have you back here. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be back for a week, and then we're going to, then we're going to, it's intermission. It's like the, like a show <laughs> where you get an intermission. It's intermission in the summer. We're lucky that we don't have a strike from our writers, right? that we do it ourselves. Yeah, we do it ourselves. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks. See ya. Devil.